Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This is episode one something. 159. 59. We're approaching 160, Chris. Well, I mean, we're right on 160. <laughs> we're approaching. We're, uh, we, we are on our approach to 160. Tomorrow we will, or tomorrow. Oh, gosh, what am I talking about? Next Chris? week? Next week, we will land safely at episode 160. Yes. Hopefully. Hopefully there will be no um, disastrous crash landings mm. into 160. Hopefully not. This week, John, we're talking about X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. We just uh, saw that. We're going to review it a little bit later in the show. Ever since last week, whenever you mistakenly, at the end of the episode, called it Age of something, or mm. Age of Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, 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 but it was Age of Ultron, and you were like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right, so it's just Apocalypse. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I've wanted to call this movie, in conversations with other people, um, <laughs> Age, of, Age Apocalypse. of Apocalypse, and just, I like, you've, you've fooled me, Chris. You have... Uh, just screwed up my brain. I'm a trend maker. You are. T- you're a trend maker. That's what they probably initially planned on calling this movie, but then like Age of Ultron happened, and they're like, dang it! Can't use that name. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. That's true. But first, John, what have you been up to this week? Um, so, I don't know. It's It's been a weird week, man. It's uh, since last week uh, on the podcast. Like I've been, I've been playing. We played some new uh, mm. Call of Duty Zombies maps. I yeah. played some of the new maps for the new map pack, that sort yeah. of thing. Um, very fun. I Call of Duty is an interesting game. Like I, this, this time in specifically, because not only are they introducing like map packs and things, but they're introducing like new guns, mm. but they're new guns that you have to get from the black market what? to where there you get, you know, as you play, you get crypto keys. Ooh, it's like a currency in game currency. Right. And so as you play, you get these, this in game currency and you can spend it on like these pat, like drops. Um, can you the, use crypto keys to get those guns? Market. Or you have to actually use it's Money. A, it's a random thing. Like so, it's like you can oh, earn no. in-game currency for playing, and because I've never really put it, you can microtransaction that stuff as well and get those crypto keys. But every time, whenever you try to get one of these, you have a random chance at getting something good, or you oh, can get something no. you've gotten before already. And then those guns are in that pool again, right? And so anyway, so it's uh, so I actually picked up this is the first time, like this this whatever was the first time um, I actually picked up a rare weapon. And it was really good. It's a it's it's a like a one shot kill basically, mm. and but it doesn't shoot very fast. It's like these bolts, like arrow, like a, a crossbow basically. Yeah. Um, and it's very cool. I, I, it changed the way I was playing for oh, a couple nights because I was like, this is so much fun. And I I got really good with it. And then I got really sleepy and I got really bad with it. And <laughs> then I just I, I haven't picked it up since then. But uh, zombies maps really cool. You said you were playing some mm-hmm. some last night, correct? Yeah, that's really. I've been away on on traveling. That's true. I uh, went to uh, Phoenix and Dallas, Fort Worth. And uh, so I literally have had like no time. And this is the thing. I always go on these trips and I always like, I'm going to take my 3DS or my Vita. I'm going to take like a, a graphic novel with me yeah. and a book. Yeah. I had every intention of finishing that. And I did, I did none, of that, none of that, John. <laughs> That's always how it goes, man. I always like, so whenever we had the, the races down in Orlando, 
Um, I brought my 3DS. I was like, okay, so every night before like we, we do this, I'm gonna like pull up on my 3DS mm-hmm. and I'm gonna like catch some Pokemon or something before bed. Yeah, and never happened. No. Like that that trip, I was just so tired. But then we went out to LA um, directly after that, and I actually had some time. So like, there's I've had like both sides of it, mm-hmm. where it's like sometimes you have time in the hotel and it's just like there's nothing else to do and you're just kind of like chilling and you you, yeah. you do that. And it's really relaxing. But most of the time, Chris, it doesn't pan out. Most right. of the time, I have you yeah you just bring everything. And it doesn't happen. Well, I think the only thing I actually like did was I I ended up watching one episode of Bob's Burgers one night before bed. <laughs> That's it. That's like a half hour. That's the only thing like in terms of media or entertainment that I took part in. <laughs> Dude, that's intense. I know. Uh, so I did though play zombies whenever I got back. Yeah. And they have lots of plans that I'll talk about here in a second. But zombies, Ooh. the new zombies map is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. Very fun. Uh, it kind of like feels a lot like. Um, Something from Black Ops One, nice. Um, just, just I don't know. Like, there's, there's a lot of things about it that I, I, I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, like, so I have that sitting on my, my docket. I have the new division update. There's a docket. Ooh, I like it. There's a new division update. There's a new incursion. I'm gonna try to run the old incursion. I've still never run yeah, this weekend. And me then, and then run the uh, the new one. And cool. then um, I have uh, still have Uncharted Four sitting there ready to play. Ooh. And Have you played Uncharted 3 or are you going to do no, 3 I'm, first? I'm, yeah, I'm going to finish 3. Okay. So I need to finish 3. This docket is growing, Chris. I know. So uh, then if I get through all that, there's Overwatch. Overwatch? You you have Overwatch? No. But oh. I'm going to if I get through all that, I'm okay. going to buy Overwatch. See, you're not going to get all through that, Chris. No, I'm not. I, not there's this no weekend. way. Not this weekend. No, there's no way. That's the thing is like Overwatch, I'm really excited about it. I, I actually did like some some research on it because I had like no idea. I didn't play the beta. I didn't yeah. get, the, get the chance to play the beta. Yeah. Um, because by the time like I actually had time to do it, right. I hadn't pre-downloaded the beta. Mm. And so like that's the thing with betas and whenever it's a timed thing, mm-hmm. whenever I look at, look, I'm sitting down for the night and it's like, I could download this and maybe play it for a half hour, 45 minutes before I go to sleep. Yeah. And it's like, well, is it even worth it? Yeah. Probably not. I'm told- and, But yeah, so like I, I usually, uh, or I just kind of pass on that, but I, like, I was doing a bunch of research, watching all the digital shorts, reading about all the different characters. Very cool. I'm very excited to dig into that. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you all. It's okay. I, um, I'm totally going to play it. I am looking forward to it. It was a lot of fun in the beta. Yeah. And uh, I can't really... I can't wait to play it with like a lot more friends. Yeah, that's my that's my concern is that if I wait too long, mm. then like the the newness will have worn off and the mm. player base will have moved or on to something else, or everyone will just have gotten incredibly good and figured out all of the characters. That too. That's always my worry with shooters and and with like whenever a new Call of Duty comes out and I'm interested in it, or a new yeah. uh, any new competitive game comes out and I'm really interested in it. It's like well. How much of the, like how how much of this is gonna be um, something that everybody else will have gotten super good at right. in a week and a half, right. and I will jump in and it's like nope. Right. So yeah, yeah, you know? I agree. Uh, I, I, like that's that's a that's a valid concern and. There's just no way around it, you know. Right. Like, I mean, well, even I'm, like the division. Like, whenever we had the incursion, like I was at the point where, and all of our friends were at, like that we played with, were at the point where it's like it's time for the incursion. Yeah. And then I was out of town for like a few days and completely missed the boat on the old incursion there, Chris. 
Yeah. So I never, never experienced that and that, that sort of thing, which is okay. It's fine. You know, I, I got, I got so much enjoyment out of that game and so much fun had so many hours of fun had playing that game. Right. And it's totally worth the, uh, the, the price of the game, but it's just like, there was that one thing where it's like, it felt like there was almost a, uh, an expiration date on when it was fresh, when it was new, that sort of thing. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, true anyway. but overwatch i'm excited to dive in i love uh i love the shorts like if you haven't watched even if you have no interest at all or have like no um plans to pick up overwatch go watch the on youtube and watch all of the uh the digital shorts that they have for overwatch all the character shorts and things they're really cool they're like I think the longest one that I encountered was like nine minutes long or something. Mm. And they tell a, a very compact story. They, they kind of introduce you to these characters in this world. And it's really intriguing. I really like the way that they have, uh, have gone about telling the story. And, and they set up front basically with this game that the story is going to be told in those ways. Like there's graphic, like there's these little uh, kind of like one shot comics that they have mm-hmm. online, like digital comics. And then they have these, uh, these little movies. And so the, the world building and the, the context for what's going on in the, in the, uh, the multiplayer matches that's being told in this way. And so none of that really, uh, other than contextual kind of things is, transferring over into the game but uh but it's just nice to be able to, to do that so you can get invested in this world without really investing in the uh, the game and that's the other thing that i like about it is if you have a favorite character or if you're playing as as a character you can go and dive in and watch a, a short little movie about that character or read a, a short comic about that character and, and their backstory and why they're what their motivations potentially are so i really uh i really really dug what i, what I saw so far and i haven't played a single second of this game so <laughs> anyway yes uh, I'm looking forward to it. That's really it. That's, that's what I'm up to this weekend. It's a long weekend. I took off these couple days, uh, Thursday, Friday, and then um, I uh, we have the long weekend Let's with be Memorial honest. Day. You're going to sleep at least like <laughs> 12, 13 hours <laughs> oh, because yeah. you were telling me about how much lack of sleep that you had <laughs> yes. while you were gone. And you're just going to like, you're just going to go. I got like three hours of sleep a night for like five <laughs> nights. And so like even today, I slept in super late, took like a three-hour nap this afternoon. It was just like, holy moly. <laughs> this it's is... all catching up to you. <laughs> oh, geez. I remember whenever we were in college and like we, we would get no sleep for like, oh, man. for literally months. Like yeah. we would get like four hours of sleep every night for months. And, uh, and I remember whenever each semester would end, it was just like, well... See you in 48 hours. And it's just <laughs> yes. like you maybe you sleep, oh, you wake up, you eat, you go back to sleep. Yep. <laughs> oh, was, man. Those are crazy days. That was insanity. Well, we lived together. Not good, but <laughs> insanity. Yeah. We lived together and like we would keep our house super cold and then like, you know, our, our bedrooms would just be super dark. <laughs> and so like it was literally like it was just a cave in that house yeah. for like a, yeah, a good 48 hours where we were just like – sleeping and just like in our rooms yeah. and like just like ugh, it you was make so sure, weird man like i i remember making sure like before i i got i went home like after the, the last like project was turned in the last final or whatever i remember going going home and being like okay mental checklist do we have food i'm gonna start, swing by the, the <laughs> supermarket grab some food yeah you know it's just because i'm not leaving that house for days <laughs> no. you know it's yeah. just over at that point <laughs> i mean part of that like i love just that that feeling of just restfulness where it's just like I'm just sleeping. <laughs> that's all. That's all that's, that's expected all of me right now. Uh, just sleep. Just sleep. And that's that's it. <laughs> not answering my phone. Not going to work. Not going to school. Not going anywhere. <laughs> just sleeping. Yeah. But the other side of that is there was also like three or four months worth of no sleep oh, leading yeah. up to that, yep. which was terrible. It was awful. Awful. So my my other, um, I, I think about this sometimes whenever I'm on, I take vacation. 
we went down to uh, to Sanibel Island for our cousin uh, Melissa's uh, wedding. Yeah, and uh, we went down there, and I so I'm allergic to mosquitoes. That's right. And I was always sitting, have been. Always have been. Uh, they just swell up real big. Um, they get like super hot, like it's an infection. Uh, I get like blisters on the top. They of them. Like scar like, up it's, sometimes. It's, yeah, it's, it's not because I'm scratching them. It just like get blisters on them, like pus yeah. filled. Anyway, that's gross. That's really gross, Chris. <laughs> you just went there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I was sitting at the reception, and my whole like left leg just got bit up. Man, there was like. Over sixty bites on oh. my 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 leg, and it, the whole thing, dude, just, just swelled up. Like there was like mm. there's no part of my leg that wasn't swollen or red. Oh. And because of that, I mean, you can't do anything about it. You just have to like you have to take a bunch of Benadryl. So I was taking Benadryl oh. that whole time, and dude, it, like Benadryl. Benadryl just messes me up, man. And so it was like I would lit- it was like I would have having this conversation with you, but also falling asleep at the same time. Yeah, and like I like we were down there. I feel like we were down there for like a week. Like I don't know that we did almost anything. Like I, I, I slept pretty much the whole time in the hotel room. I remember going to the beach. You were co- in the hotel room yeah. sleeping. Like well, you didn't because, even like no, make it down to the beach or whatever. I would wake up and then like immediately like because you don't feel rested whenever you're on right. Benadryl and like fall back asleep. But then like right. it's just so bad. I have to take more Benadryl, so fall back asleep again. Oh man! A couple times like we made it down to the beach. And all I did was just sit underneath uh, a, a, an umbrella asleep again. Oh, like I just slept through the whole thing. That sounds like it sounds like the the most like unfulfilled vacation <laughs> of all time for you. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's no. like Dee Dee's going out doing all this stuff. Like she's probably getting surfing lessons and like everything. <laughs> like she's having a having a great time, and you're just asleep on Benadryl for sure. The That's only awful. Thing, the only thing I do remember doing is like going down to the beach with the Grandma and Aunt B and some of our cousins like that and like that was really cool yeah and of all the things to do like that was the one thing to do but it was just like that's the only thing i literally remember doing yeah i'm glad i'm glad you were uh you came out of your benadryl haze for long enough to do the the one thing you'll remember your entire life you know we'll see the other thing was like that was the day that that was the day that everyone else was going to leave so we did that in the morning then they left in the afternoon but then we just we were just like alone (laughs) On the in that resort on the island, where it's like, well, it's like the party just left. I know, you know, it, I know. It's like kind of like you stayed too long at the party, and yeah. the, all you're left with is a mess. Well, that's what always happened. Like we we uh, we would go to a camp in the summer sometimes, and like that's sometimes what would oh, happen man, there yeah. is like whenever uh, whenever there there was like a tour that would leave from there, and it's like uh, the, everybody leaves, but you're like you aren't going on the tour or whatever. And it's like oh, everybody just left. Oh no, all my friends just left. <laughs> I'm staying the last night of camp, which is optional or something like that. Right. And it's like, ah, why did I d- decide to stay? Right. <laughs> I just left with my with my parents last night. You know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's how it goes, dude. Right. Mm. Anyway, it's life. This is this is a weird conversation that we started by talking about Overwatch. <laughs> it is. I don't know how we got here. I don't either. Yeah. But Chris, we're gonna be re- reviewing X Men Apocalypse. Mm. But first, <laughs> pick of the week. Pick of the week. All right, John, what is your pick of the week? Chris, I don't know if you know this, but yesterday, Mm. the, uh, so let me see. So we are recording this on Thursday, the 26th, the 25th of May. Yeah. Was the, uh, the date that Star Wars originally came into theaters in 1977. Wow. 
And uh, and I actually tweeted this uh, from the Stay on Target at Stay on Target Pod on Twitter, and it is a a retelling of the entire first like the entire a new hope story Mm. but it is in the form of an infographic whoa and it is it is uh so like it has all the dialogue it is 123 meters long oh my gosh and there's like there's moments where you have to kind of backtrack because uh because like there's a, a certain character or a certain piece of dialogue that is is uh is being told in a certain area that's back up a little ways. So yeah. you have to like scroll back up and be like, oh, where were they at? Oh, there they were. Wow. But yeah, so it's really cool. Like it's is a really kind of artistic take on uh on the on the series. And like even whenever like so one of my favorite moments is whenever you get to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Whenever R two D two and C three PO are on Tatooine mm-hmm. and they're walking together, and then whenever they split off. Like they oh, split nice. off on the uh, on the screen and do this. <laughs> so so yeah, that is at um, s w a n h dot net, and uh, and this is a really cool project. I'm gonna get, uh, read a little bit from the about page, and so uh, s w a n h dot net is adaptation of Star Wars Episode Four in a style that was inspired by infographics. One story in one piece of 123 meters in length. Wow! And so it was created. And Adobe Illustrator. And yeah, so it, it, the, let me see. They say the long ribbon reminds the ancient Chinese, reminds this, this long ribbon reminds the ancient Chinese script rolls that had to be rolled out and rolled uh, in simultaneously in order to be read. I like this stretch between ages, cultures, and technologies. However, mm-hmm. internet likes short stories and summaries, quickly understandable contents, with my work, I aimed to create a contrast to that. At this point, I would like to thank the Star Wars Universe community for their good advice, encouragements, and their keen eye uh, and great help realizing this project and to keep it as closely uh, to the original as possible. So this is a really cool cool thing. It's it's uh, Everybody should go check it out. I spent a, a far far too much time probably just scrolling through it and uh and and be like oh let me find my favorite moment here like let me find the conversations on the millennium falcon and figure out exactly where in the millennium falcon they they tell the, like these these uh these dialogue pieces and it, the action is very cool in there it's it's just a very cool way to experience star wars obviously if you haven't seen star wars a new hope you shouldn't look at this because of spoilers, <laughs> but you should go watch the movie and then look at this. Yes. Um, but it's just such a cool thing, man. It's just a, just a very cool, cool project. We should put a link to it in the podcast at stayontargetpodcast.com. We will. And that is my pick of the week. My pick of the week this week is also Star Wars related. Yeah. Star Wars The Force Awakens. The soundtrack has been out for a while. And or I don't even know what key for, I'm for in the, anymore. For, for the, for, yeah, it's, it's not the correct key. The Star Wars Force Awakens uh, soundtrack has been out for a while, but it hasn't been on vinyl, and so we've been waiting for it to come out on vinyl. Um, so the there is a, a version of it. Uh, I'm muddy on the details as to whether like the exclusivity of it, uh, but um, there is a two LP hologram vinyl coming out that depicts. A TIE fighter and the Millennium Falcon um, f- rotating above the vinyl record. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, it, it costs um, you said $50. It costs, yeah, quite quite a lot. Like, so it's expensive thing. for it's, a vinyl, it's available, right? Like, um, I've been looking at different like areas. So you can go to uh, – it's from Disney, Disney Music Emporium. 
Um, that's where, you, where I bought it from, which I, where I purchased it from. And it includes two LPs, this booklet. Um, on the B side of each one has the holographic or hologram um, of, the, of the, the ships rotating and floating above the vinyl. That's very cool. Yeah. And so like, the, the other thing is it's available on Amazon as well for the same price. And it, like, there's an image that says 3D, like, but like the, the rest of it, the details don't say anything about it. So hmm. I, even though I could get free shipping on Amazon, hmm. I didn't want to risk it. Yeah. That it wouldn't be there because it doesn't say hologram vinyl or anything like the other one does. Well, and you would website. expect it to be kind of a limited thing or at least have it like, uh, I mean, I don't know what the demand for this thing is, but it might outweigh the how much they can produce. Exactly. So I went straight to the source and I was like, I'm, I don't care if I have to pay more for shipping. Right. I want to make sure I get this. Did we talk about free record or not free record? Oh my gosh. Record store day, yeah, free. we did. We did talk about yeah. it. So so everybody knows that that uh, you are an avid record collector. Right. And uh, and so this is going to be a boon to your uh, record collection. Yes. Well, the thing is, it's already out. Like you can you can get picture discs. The crowning piece, if you will, Chris. The crowning piece. I mean, I don't know if this is the crowning piece of my entire collection, uh, because I have so many other things that I'm also like, you know, going to get or and trying to get that are very or, cool. Yeah, that's very, well. very cool. Equally cool. You know, so who knows? But it's like I'll post. There's a they, there's a like a very brief behind the scenes kind of uh, video about yeah. this, and I'll post a link at stamptrackerpodcast.com. But it's definitely worth checking out, especially if you like one of a kind uh, collectors' items. Um, related to vinyl records or Star Wars or music in general, it's just like super cool. So yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to like seeing like what this is like. You know, I don't know. It's awesome, dude. It's gonna be wild. That's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna have us make an aside here, Chris. Okay. Because uh, I did forget to mention the Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty Pop Funko oh, box yeah. from this last month. It was it, it was the uh, the Bounty Hunter box. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. It, it was really it, cool. It, the uh, the figure in it is one of my favorite figures, and I didn't expect the, like this. Yeah. I don't know what I expected, but whenever I opened the right. box, I was like shocked. Yeah. Um, but it's like a Boba Fett pop figure. Um, classic bobblehead thing, but then he's got out of his jetpack. He's launching off with a lot of uh, a lot of fire, um, and so the stand is actually made of like the smoke and flames coming out of his out of his jetpack. I totally did not expect that type of a custom mold for this thing. Like I, I couldn't believe it whenever it happened. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, the Age of Ultron Iron Man um, mm. from last year, whenever mm-hmm. whenever Age of Ultron came out. Yeah. Um, where he's like holding himself up, and his stand is the uh, the jets from his hands. Yeah, um, and I so, remember that. So yeah, I mean, like this reminds me a lot of that. And but yeah, the, the rest of the box was very cool. There was a, a cool um, uh, IG eighty eight in it, and it was a very cool uh, pop figure. It doesn't really look almost like a pop figure. Yeah, like it looks kind of like a uh, a cartoonized just figure of, yeah. of that character and then it had a really cool bounty hunter t-shirt um and uh, obviously the patch in the pen yeah very cool box man very cool box yeah uh you're not gonna get the next one it's java's java's palace <sighs> it's java's palace and for the life of me i can't imagine <laughs> anything in java's palace that i would really want to display on my like on my shelf like my pop shelf. like i can't just what about I just can't. my favorite version of luke skywalker in his all black outfit, the with robe the, with the green lightsaber, dude. But see, I feel like 
See, yeah, that would make sense. Like if he had his like if he had his hood up or something like that, because there John, is a figure John. of him in that same figure, but it's, yeah. it's the one from the face off that he has with Vader right. uh, at the end of Re- Return of the Jedi, which is really cool because it's like his uh, what is the button the button thing like his the what would you call that the lapel? Yeah, uh, no, not yeah the sure, lapel, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's basically the lapel. The lapel. It's like it's like broken down too, and so yeah. it's like he looks all rugged and and, and mm-hmm. awesome. How you remember him? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, something like that would be really cool. But that's do you know what else is in Hans? Or sorry, uh, Jawa's. Han Solo and Carbonite. See, that would be cool, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I th- I don't know. I think it could be in there. You think? Yeah. I mean, I, it was the entire reason that we went to Jabba's Palace in the first place. That's true. You what also if, had R2-D2 as a waiter. What if it's just a, a Sarlacc? What if it's just a Sarlacc pop? Yeah, I mean, that'd be weird. <laughs> that'd be super strange. They're not going to do that. <laughs> I don't know how they would do that. <laughs> I'd like to see them try. And you've got both. You've got Lando. And Princess Leia undercover. That's true. I, like so, there's a lot of things there. Those are very unique. But like, I, I, I don't know that I care that much. Like, it's just, it's just the one location in the Star Wars universe where I'm just like, nah. Like the cantina, yeah. totally yeah. down. Yeah. This one, I'm just like, I don't know. The cantina. They, I don't know. Oh, they did have the. They cantina. did the cantina. They had a. Oh. Uh, they had the oh, awesome yeah. uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're right. Ben Kenobi with his lightsaber out, chopping off the arm of some dude. That's you true. Know? This is the thing, John. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll the dice on it. You're, you're, you're gonna ride this out because I think that they're gonna come up with something so cool. That's probably right because I mean, honestly, <laughs> the one thing that I yes. thought whenever like I had opened up the uh, the bounty hunter box and stuff, I was like, and they did this with bounty hunters, yeah. And it's like, and so I, I, I kind of think that they're uh, they're gonna go like swing for the fences on every single one of these Star Wars for boxes. sure. So I don't know, man. It's it, I, I have at this point. My box is 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 set to not re- not be like renewed that yeah. month. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. You might be able to convince me. You could probably convince me. I mean, I've, I've laid out my case. So um, if, if if this isn't convincing you, then nothing will. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, Chris. <laughs> On to the main segment, Chris. We are talking about X Men Apocalypse. Dun, we are. Dun, dun. There's a lot of whoa. Uh, there's a lot of I'm I'm bringing more suspense. I'm upping our suspense level. The suspense ratio has been too low in uh, in our podcasts. All right. And so so the dun 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 is is to up the suspense ratio. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. So this movie, um, this was a follow up to Days of Future Past. Yeah. Um, and X Men First Class. And X Men First Class. Yeah. And uh, in a lot of ways, it had more to do with X Men First Class than it did with um, Days of Future Past. True. Very interesting. Agreed. Um, so, uh, We're going to have a spoiler-free version, by the way. We usually try to let people know. We're going to have yes. a spoiler-free uh, section. We'll have a substantial spoiler countdown. We'll spoil the heck out of it after that. So, yeah. Can I go You've now? been warned. Yes, you can go. <laughs> I apologize, Chris. I just interjected <laughs> About right in times. there. <laughs> oh man alright so this movie it, it features the original cast uh, additional additional characters yeah. it did not however this time feature Patrick Stewart and like that whole generation of X-Men so you said the original cast and I, I immediately oh. was like okay. not, the not the original original, original but like the original for, for this, this version this was like, like the second gen cast yeah second, second gen so sure. yeah but the first class cast is what you're saying the first ca- class cast yes yeah. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a good movie. Yeah. Um it wasn't as large in scope as I th- was thought it would be. Um 
In a lot of ways, yes, it wasn't as large in scope, but in a lot of other ways, it was even larger okay, in scope. True, I can go with that. <laughs> so just stay tuned later if that intrigues you. <laughs> Suspense, Chris. I think the uh, the acting was phenomenal again. Obviously, it's James oh McAvoy, gosh. Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence. Like they just give great performances. Um, the, the humor was on. I, I like this. This it, it fits with the other movies. Like it, yeah. it, and honestly, like in in many ways, it was like yeah, direction. Ooh. Almost broke my phone. <laughs> that did not sound pleasant. Make sure the nothing's shattered or anything. A direct continuation of First Class. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know how what to talk about right now. Honestly, I don't know why. To not. To not like before without, the without, spoilers. Before the spoilers. I mean, if you like the X Men First Class, go see it. Yeah. If you don't really care about superhero stuff, then probably not. No, definitely like, not. Why? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, this is like the original superhero. I mean, I just say that because I feel like franchise. I feel like like our parents will probably like, should I go see X Men? Like, well, well, I don't know. You know, probably. I don't know. No, probably not. I don't know. Don't care That's, for it. It's a very X-Men. good question. You're right. You're right. They would ask. Whereas that. Marvel, you know, I feel like you could go watch those movies and still, still, uh, enjoy still very them. much enjoy it. Yeah, like Ant Man or something like that. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. You'd enjoy that, whether or not you like comic books or superheroes or anything. Yeah. Um, because you know, there's. Good, I don't know. You know, they appeal to a lot of different people. Yeah. This is very specific to X Men. Yeah, and it's specific to superheroes too. Because like, I mean, I'm thinking like, uh, you're right. They're like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, oh, if you like sci-fi, you're gonna like this. Or it's mm. like Ant Man. It's like, oh, if you like again, if you like sci-fi, you're probably gonna like this. You know, it's not. They're not classically superhero esque movies. Whereas this right. felt. Um, you know, very similar to the other movies in that it's a very superhero. Like you would not encounter this type of story outside of the superhero genre, right? Like you really wouldn't. Um, and it's and it's. I liked the I liked the way that they put it together. I liked yeah. the way um, everything kind of came together in that way. Um, Music was really good. Yeah, the graphics were really good. Acting was good. <laughs> so there was a one one specific moment at the beginning. It was it was a, a recurring moment through throughout really? some of the end of the movie where I was just like, "What in the world is this?" As far as the graphics go, huh. um, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, we'll have to talk. I don't I don't want to tell you exactly where it was, but yeah, uh, I every time it popped up, I was like, "Hmm," and but yeah, otherwise it was it was like really well done. I think the cinematography um, could have been better. There was a lot of really cool looking things, but. Uh, for some reason, and I kind of remember this happening before in the other movies, but Brian Singer uh, loves extreme close-ups. Yeah. Or it's just like a head in the middle of the shot. And it's yeah. just like... Uh, or a face. Or, yeah, just like that's what I mean. It's like extreme close-up and it's a face. And so, like, and a lot of times I just like, I just want to see the context here. I want, to, I want yeah. you to, like, back the camera out and I want to see something cool. Like, yeah. rather than just this person's face. Yeah. And, I mean, I yeah, it, it it happened a couple times and I was like okay cool but then it kept happening and I was like okay this this is getting a little bit little bit overdone uh, so yeah you're right probably a little bit little bit too much of that I did think um, some of the visuals and some of like the action um, we've seen movies with better action uh and and better like more stylized more stylish uh, action scenes than this one had and, and action moments. Um, even from some of the uh, the CG effects, uh, as far as the action goes, we've seen um, some things be you know that are very similar to some of the things that were happening. And again, I'll talk about it a little bit later in the spoiler section. But um, whenever there's some oh, things that are action-wise, I, 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 I like I don't know why I have this feeling. 
I was feeling I'm not going to agree with you on whatever you're oh. about to say. <laughs> okay. But like, it's just the action stuff. Like there's a couple of action moments where I'm just like, mm, seen it done a little bit better by other movies in the same genre or movies outside of the same genre, that yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it was one of those things that the action never really 100% grabbed me the way like the action in yeah. Deadpool did or the action in, in uh, Captain America even did yeah. just recently. So. Agreed. The pace is weird. Like it has a weird pace to the movie. It's really slow. That's true. Throughout, the, I would say the first like two thirds of it, and I guess like part of me expected that because I think First Class was similar to that, and then the, the only thing that kept um, Days of Future Past coming back to to like upping the action or whatever was because we were jumping back and forth between times, and so like they were easily able to um, piece together like some heavy storytelling, heavy exposition things, and then flash over to this other time and have major action going on. That was right. super intriguing. And, right. and I, I, I really liked that action in that, yeah. in that film a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm more okay with it in first class because we're world build, building here. We're True. reintroducing everyone to these characters. These are new actors and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like we did a lot of the same kinds of things like, to, to the point where we're like, we, we explain what, um, this is, not spoilers, but like we explain what is the thing, um, Cerebro. Cerebro, we, we again. We explain what C- Cerebro does. Yeah. Like we know, we've seen it two times now. We, well, and we've pl- seen it in the in previous the other movies we too. We know what Cerebro does, you know, like. And I think it's pretty, like, it's it's a pretty visual thing. Like yeah, Cerebro is a pretty visual thing. Yeah, if you just see it happen, you're like, oh, oh, he's locating, uh, locating people. Yeah. It's like at the very base level, you can understand what that is right. just by the first time it happens. You could sit this in CSI and everyone would understand it. Right. You know, like. Yeah, with the with like the beat music going behind it. Yeah. I'm taking fingerprints. Yeah, so, so it's just like, I don't know, you know. Anyway, um, pacing was a little <laughs> off, I feel like. But, yeah. like, go see this if you're interested in X-Men. Yeah. Go see this if you're interested in superheroes. Yeah. Don't if you're not. Right. And I think, I think like, if you are interested in those things, um, the... The moments where it really shone, like as far as uh, as far as a, a a movie goes, were some of the more um, emotional moments, like the more oh, character yeah. driven moments. Well, that's, and that's and that's that's a testament to the actors. Like, right, they did a great job. I mean, it's, it, these are a list actors. Yeah, yeah, and I think so. What what's awesome about this is that it is a continuation of those other other stories, but it doesn't really. like lean heavily on them yeah so if you didn't see first class but you're like interested in this you can go see this and be be into it you know um because like we've talked about i think we we talked about in the captain america civil war review it's like you had like five or six movies that of context that you really needed to experience before you could really appreciate what was going on in that movie whereas this one it's like like you said, I mean, even to the point of like they're introducing these characters and they're introducing these things like um, again. And it's like, while that may not be necessary. Yeah. Um, it does like for a person who's seen these characters for the first time, it's like you could go and see this one and then go back and be like, hey, what's first class? It's uh, yeah. the same characters. And you like totally get what's going on. Yeah, in you both wouldn't films. understand necessarily the origins, but you would understand like what's going on. Right. Like, they, they any motivation they have is specific to this movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like it. So, yeah, if you're into it, go see it. If you're not into it, probably don't see it. If you're mildly into it, you're like, I, I don't know, I might regret this. Yeah, just wait. Then wait for wait for it to be out on uh, on DVD or, or Netflix or whatever. So, yeah. All right, Chris, are you mm. ready to spoil this movie? I am. All right. I don't know so. why I sound like a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> I am. I, am. <laughs> I love it. It reminds me of, uh, of, 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 
White Christmas. Um, <laughs> yes. Whenever, whenever he's he's the Danny K. Yeah, whenever, whenever he's like his voice is cracking and stuff. It's I know, awesome. Um, <laughs> I talk about, about Holiday Inn. Whenever he's he's yelling, the, the, like the agent oh, is it yelling. Is, it is Holiday Inn, isn't yeah. it? I yeah. Don't, I don't, what is he yelling? I can't remember his name. Like, what's the dude's name? <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't Holiday Inn. It's White Christmas. It's whenever uh, whenever they realize that. Um, that they're gonna have to get together so that way oh it is Danny yeah, K yeah, you're right he's like he's like working his way over on the uh-huh. chair away from her yeah, and he's yeah. like oh, oh. Yeah. his voice is cracking that was what it was like Chris yeah yeah bringing me I back I wanna go watch that now I know <laughs> it's May but I feel like I'm gonna go watch White Christmas now probably tonight of course you're just, I mean it's on While Netflix I go to isn't bed. it I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix oh, if it's on Netflix it's even better I don't, <laughs> don't even have to put my Blu-ray in <laughs> seriously you could just watch it on your phone you oh know? my goodness that's happening <laughs> I love it. All right, let's spoil this movie in five, four, three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler. Apocalypse is from ancient Egypt. <laughs> he kills people and takes their powers. This is quite a spoiler. I thought you for a second there, I thought you were going to spoil White Christmas for people. Oh, man, that would have been horrible. <laughs> they end up together at the end. John, you just literally just spoiled it. I'm sorry. <laughs> People, if you haven't seen like a 50-year-old movie. I mean, it's more, then, than, more than 50 years yeah, old, isn't bro- it? Yeah, at this point. When did, hang on, I'm going to look it up. Okay. When did White Christmas okay. release? I think, I'm, I'm in my brain, Chris, I'm thinking 54. This right. is, this is, this is uh, going to be interesting. John! Was I right? How did you know that? Was I right? Yeah, 54. Yes! <laughs> Wait, is, oh, it came out in 54. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. How did you... I uh, don't know. How did you miraculously know that? I don't know. I just had this gut feeling. I bet you I've seen it at some point or looked this up again. Like, oh, when did that come out? I bet you I, I have experienced this exact moment before and didn't know the, for that <laughs> in time. In time and travel and, back. And so now I know it. So it's 62 years old. That's, 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 a, that's a classic for it's sure. It's like that weird dormant knowledge that you just have. Yeah. Weird. Uh, do you remember a Holiday Inn? Uh, there's a part where Bing Crosby's trying to keep the female character, I can't remember her name right now, um, away from the inn. Yeah. And so he has the driver like, <laughs> delay right. her, and she, he, he's making wrong turns. She's like, what are you doing? Shortcut. And then, and then, uh, and then she's like, well, there's another wrong turn. Shortcut. For the shortcut, <laughs> well, on this whenever I was in Dallas, and they run into the they run into the river. My favorite line is, is yes. she's she's like, "What did you think you could get through this?" He's like, "I never had a problem on a horse." Yep, because <laughs> um, <laughs> horses can swim. Well, in the beginning of the movie, he's he's doing a he's pulling a <laughs> horse drawn carriage. You know? <laughs> That's right. And he upgrades to the car in the middle of the movie. While I was in uh, Dallas, one of the people I was with kept screaming "shortcut" every every time we would like <laughs> like take a sharp turn or something like that, or like would just like go off and like <laughs> scream "shortcut." And uh, she was like, yeah, my husband does that all the time whenever in the car. He'll just, like, scream shortcut and then, like, make a sharp turn. I'm like, is it always a shortcut? No. It's just, you know, <laughs> just a different way. I'm like, is he getting it from Holiday Inn, I wonder? <laughs> like, because that's totally that movie. So this this reminds me, Chris, of whenever um, Didi would always say a bunch of a bunch of phrases from oh, yeah. the movie Sandlot. Sandlot. And you didn't know that some of those phrases were from Sandlot. <laughs> Like so many things that she says are from Sandlot, and you you had like been you dated for like years, and like were had been married for years, and you'd never seen Sandlot, and so yeah. you had no idea. Yeah, anyway. and then I finally watched Sandlot. I'm like, your whole identity is tied up in Sandlot somehow. <laughs> it was just <laughs> all your catchphrases are from Sandlot. <laughs> it's so funny. I just love it. Like you you told me that, and I was like. 
you'd never seen Sandlot like was the, the first know. thing. And then the second thing was that you didn't realize that those was, were from you know, Sandlot? You're killing me, Smalls, and forever. <laughs> and, you know, all that, all that stuff. It's just like, all that, like, it was, she would say it all the time. And I'm like, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Like, oh, I understand you way better now. <laughs> it's just, oh, there's a window to your personality has been open to me that it was closed before. <laughs> it's great. So we've gotten into the spoiler section. We've been talking for four minutes about nothing about <laughs> X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, geez, Chris. All okay. Right. So X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> yes. The beginning of the movie uh, with the whole, like, thing of, of you see him back in time and then the humans uh, yeah. take over. It's like That's super cool. Very cool. I, at first, whenever it happened, I was like, I didn't realize why. Mm. I didn't realize that, like, it, and then as the movie kind of progressed, I was like, no, that was totally necessary. Because at first, I was like, is this even necessary to show this much? Because it didn't demonstrate any of Apocalypse's powers. It didn't make him seem like he was a... Um, a godlike figure like they imply him to be. So like I, it didn't build him up as a villain. Um, and so I was like, what was the point of that? But the fact that um, the humanity, the non mutants um, basically imprisoned him under this thing and we're trying to kill him. We're trying to destroy him. And I mean that really, and it came up with these intricate uh, ways to just bury him under this pyramid that, yeah. that he made them build or whatever. It's like, that was really revealing to his backstory, but yeah. it didn't, it didn't make him a threatening figure. And it's like, I thought that was a really interesting way to introduce your villain of being like coming at it from a point of weakness almost where True. he was like, you know, he was, has so much power, but he didn't recognize that these, you know, people building his, uh, his, his pyramid were going behind his back right. and like, I'm sure, I'm not sure that that support should be there like that, you know, and they went way out of their way to trick him on this and everybody was in on it. So anybody, I, I really appreciated that aspect as we got into the movie farther. Right off the bat, I was kind of like, well, he didn't do anything. Here's my problems with Apocalypse. I'm going to lay them all out on the line, John. Okay. It's going to be a different kind of review this time. Okay. All right. All my problems with Apocalypse by Chris Wright. Okay. Number one. Can we do this like as like a, a beat poem or something like that? <laughs> sure, like, like yes. A, like a, 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 what are they called? A We're getting off track again, or John. Something? I'm sorry. And my voice is still, I still I found, sound like I'm going through puberty again. <laughs> it's all the ice you ate I'm, earlier. I'm going to go through puberty again, John. <laughs> then I'm going to talk down here. <laughs> it's the ice you were melting uh, or munching on before the podcast. That's I was still drinking it. Like <laughs> that may be part of the problem. Probably. So, number one, he was weak. Okay, he had a lot of powers and apparently has absorbed a lot of powers, but he's also, like, seems very weak in terms, like, so they couldn't, like, whenever they were at the end, when they were, they were trying to destroy him, they were having problems destroying him, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, they sense, all had to get in on but that. whenever it, this is the thing, he, he has, his whole, like, his whole deal was, well, I want to wipe the earth clean and, uh, and raise a new world order in its place with me at the top, kind of the deal. The thing was, he couldn't do it by himself. He needed Magneto to to destroy the world. And, and th was he just like hoping he'd happen upon some mutant that could do that? Like, so he needed it. Like, I mean, that's that's why we set up these like the four horsemen thing. You know, it's like we had the lots of comparisons between him and like the uh, the end times apocalypse. True. I mean, I, and it's like so. But you're right. He relied so heavily on all four of them that yeah. once once all of them just were like, oh, well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna not be with you anymore. Right. It was over. And yeah. even like the one that stuck around with him, like that it didn't fight against him. Yeah. 
didn't actually continue fighting for him really like she kind of gave up there at the end too and i don't know like you're right like that just seems like a bad plan to begin with that you're relying so heavily on your four four people yeah hmm yeah so that that, that was that was the first thing um the second thing was whenever he was like the only Okay, so like he was choosing his four horsemen or whatever. It seemed like he just chose the first four people he ran into. That's exactly powers. what I was thinking. Chris. And I was just like, because he he kept saying, you know, like I want to find the most powerful among them, or like even whenever um, the uh, the CIA agent Moira. Yeah, Moira McTaggart. True. Just a cool cool name. It's a very Stan Lee kind of name. So whenever she was explaining it, she. Like said, you know, the the rumors are that he would gather the most powerful people yeah. and get them to do his bidding, basically, make them more powerful. But the thing was, like he, I would say the the he he chose the correct person whenever he chose Magneto, right? For sure, yeah. Okay, um, when he chose who? What were the Storm. other Storm? There's Storm, probably. I mean, like that's arguable. Sure, that's good. Yeah, I, I like her. Yeah, she's she's uh, super powerful. Super powerful. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Angel. Who's, who's Angel was the biggest one where like the biggest huh moment for me. Like yeah. I was like, so I don't know. And then like she she brought him over there, uh, Psylocke, right? Yeah. She, she brought him to uh him to Angel, and I'm like, why? Why would you bring him to this guy? This is the brawler, and I was like, okay, so it makes sense. We've introduced this character already earlier in the movie. But like I thought that was like a throwaway thing. Like we that, that character just wouldn't wouldn't be there. Like Angel wouldn't be there for this thing. And it's like the metal wings. It's like I don't. I just I, that yeah. Psylocke was was super intimidating. Psylocke was super weird, and then Angel was super weird in terms of his choices for these guys. And like and that's where it's like okay, because then he found Xavier right, and I was like, well, is he going to be like try to make him his fifth horse or something like that? And then he was just going to take his power. Right. Like, well, why doesn't he just take everyone's powers at that point? Well, like, so my thought was uh, about that was like, okay, so it's pretty insidious to try to like, oh, I'm going to, all of the powerful people come to me. And, and it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. If you see a power that you really want to get, like you can, you can do this, do the whole ritual thing and, and leave yourself vulnerable and all that, whatever ends up happening with that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Like, you're right. Why not just take everyone's powers? But it, right. he kind of needs, as you said, he needs the people around him in order yeah. to protect him, especially during the uh, the the ceremony. Yeah. It seemed like, especially whenever the humans rebelled and things, like he really needed the four horsemen around him to protect him yeah. in this, this vulnerable stage or whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It, I, I had an issue with, with him a little bit, too, as a villain. And it seemed like I know a lot of people critiqued whenever they initially like found out that he wasn't going to be big like he was in the comics or whatever. Right. Um, and like so throughout this movie, I have that in the back of my head where I was like, okay, so would he be more intimidating or or would it be would it be different if he was a little bit bigger? Like not like gigantic like he gets at the end yeah. uh, in inside of um, Xavier's brain. Yeah. But what if he's just like a foot or two taller. Right. And it's like, I think that would probably be more intimidating. Yeah. So I don't know. Like that was, that was another thing where I was just like, ah, it's an interesting choice. But on the other hand, digitally making someone bigger, eh, I don't know. Third problem. Might not play very well. Third problem with apocalypse. They didn't make him relatable enough. Now I, I like, okay, let me explain what I mean. This is a, um, a common thing right now 
in today's movies where villains must have some part of their personality that you can relate to. Like Magneto. Like Magneto. His family is killed twice. Like, you feel for this guy. You understand the motivation behind him wanting revenge on people, okay? Like, for instance, Kylo Ren. There you are. You, you totally understand, like, this is, there are all these fam- complex family issues that are taking place inside him, and he is relatable. Yeah. Um, well, you can't tell me that Darth Vader isn't more intimidating after you find out the family connection. Right. Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy... You know, he's relatable um, because there's this whole, like, war between him and the Kree, you know, and, like... That's right. On and on. I can go on and on. Every villain these days, like... General uh, Zod. General Zod. Was he relatable? I think he was relatable. I I didn't think he was that relatable. Because General Zod, like, the... So, he was trying to make a new home world for... um, yeah, for Krypton. Yeah, they did a pretty Krypton good job Because Krypton got destroyed. You know, yeah, so you're like, right. And especially like the, the the whole flashback sequence at the beginning of that movie yeah. really kind of set him up as like, oh, but you were my friend Zor El, and it's yeah. like you know, there's all this 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 uh, back and forth between their characters, and so like he's almost more like relatable on that level. So right. yeah, anyway. But that's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, uh, I see. What, yeah, makes sense. Villains these days, like it doesn't matter what the movie, there is some kind of redeeming quality, or there's some kind of part of of their backstory that we can all relate to. Apocalypse had none of that. I don't That's relate true. to re- relate to him at all. That's true. And I don't. I, I know it's just kind of a weird thing where it's like this is more of a modern kind of movie uh, technique that um, has popped up in the last ten years or whatever. But it it works. Yeah. It makes me relate to and and be able to understand these villains a little bit better. Well, even like I think about all the other X Men movies. Pretty much all the villains you could relate to. Yeah. In basically all of them. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been Magneto most of the time. Let's just be honest. Right. And so like Magneto, right off the bat, even in yeah. the the original X Men movie, it's like you there had a history between him and Xavier, and it's like it was obvious, yeah. and it's just soaking with all of this like subtext that's back there, and, right. and so and there's like obviously these dynamics between the uh, the their side characters and things like the the Cyclops and oh the the minions if you will want to call them that, um, but like yeah you're right it's just, it's just it lacks all of that like the flashback like i said did nothing to introduce us to the character of uh, apocalypse at all other than to say everyone other than his four people hated him well not, not necessarily uh, uh, everyone there's a lot of people who were worshiping him that's true but did they do it because out of fear or because they actually liked him you know it's true like, and I'm sure, like, I mean, as as covert as they were being with that plan, it sounds like like this was, like, the the work of a small task force, some kind right. of resistance or something like that. Right. Honestly, I'd love to see that movie. I would like to see that movie, too, Chris. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty good so movie. So, anyway, those are my, my three main, like, beefs with Apocalypse as a whole, um, yeah. as a character. Uh, but, you know, other than that, he's a good villain. <laughs> Other than the three biggest things. Uh, so, like, I guess, like, in a way, that's what made the the motivation behind some of the action later in the movie. Like, it was just, maybe it wasn't necessarily the choreography or whatever that I was just, like, kind of lacking things. It was just kind of, like, that motivation of, like, well, why? Or, like, well, yeah. what's going, you know? Like, obviously, we have to beat this guy because the whole world is being torn apart. Right. And 
It's but like, not, obviously, we have to beat him, but it feels really, like, small. Like, that's why I say I it's, it's, it's yeah, gigantic. Why did it feel so small? It's gigantic because we're destroying the entire Earth. We just launched all of the nukes into the, into the atmosphere and, like, got rid of them. That was very cool. That was a cool moment. I don't know. But it's like, at the end of the day... It didn't. It felt like it was. It was not inconsequential, almost. So this is the thing. I, I started thinking about like, I started thinking about this halfway through that whole like destroy the world sequence, and I was like, I, th- I feel like the reason this isn't succeeding is because they they're not treating it like a disaster movie. Okay, and I know we make fun of all the tropes that happen in disaster movies. The Statue of Liberty gets destroyed. Yeah. You see the Tower of London go down. Yeah. You know, like all but that it, kind of stuff. The, but Chris, the Eiffel Tower collapses. In this one, we got to see the really terribly rendered uh, shipyard multiple times. Oh yeah, with the uh, the the bo- like the crates where I'm just like, man, I was playing Call of Duty and I was hiding behind a crate that looks better than that crate. True. That part did look weird, and the other part that looked weird in terms of the graphics was um, at the uh, at the beginning whenever they were carrying. Um, or yeah, they were they were walking into the um, the pyramid and then it like zoomed out like it was a top down kind of view that was mm. always like weird and computer computer generated. It was very uh, yeah too smooth. Yeah, like everything smooth. just kind of looks shiny and too, oh, yeah. too smooth. That's what but, I think. But, in, but other than but that, in general, yeah. so so like number one, you don't see any of these like kind of like disaster movie kind of things. The other thing that disaster movies do well, there's always the side story that literally makes no sense until the end. Yeah. Of the man on the ground. Yeah. Like, there's people who are just, in, like, just going off, going through everyday life. He's right. taking his brother to school. He goes and gets a hot dog. And halfway through the movie, you're just like, why are we paying so much attention to this guy? Yeah. And then the world starts collapsing. He saves <laughs> some people in a stairwell. He yeah. gets them out of New York. You know, like, all this other yeah. kind of stuff. And none of that kind of, like, man on the ground, like, the person, like, in the middle of this disaster happening. Like, you don't get the human, like, you see a bunch of, a bunch of, Buildings getting destroyed, but yeah. it's kind of like the end of um, Man of Steel, where it's just like, who cares? Like this right. is just a bunch of inanimate objects getting torn up. That's the biggest comparison I can draw uh, to like a recent movie. Is like it felt like that, where it feels like this really small kind of contained thing um, with a lot of destruction all around it, and it's like yeah. it, it wants you to think. That it's a gigantic like thing, it does, but it's not really, no. you know, and it's it's a very small and contained uh, conflict, and it's like so. I mean, and and small and contained conflicts are awesome. I love that, yeah. but it's 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 very strange to me um, where this one ended up as far as the destruction goes. Because yeah. I, I, at some point I was just like, man, it's, I'm just desensitized to it. It's like I don't even care anymore, you know. Sure, if the city that they're in gets destroyed, so that's 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 terrible that's you can you can attach to that because like yeah. they're they're there the characters that we spent all this time with they're here and so i care about here but then whenever we start flashing all around the world and yeah, like you said you, there's no iconic kind of uh structures where it's like oh like the, the white house or like the eiffel tower or you know whatever um things whenever, like it's th- i'm seeing things, things that i don't up. i don't have any association with yeah that's the thing it's, it, we're seeing things get destroyed that i have no emotional attachment to yeah they don't feel real at that point no um but yeah so all of that aside though chris yeah 
the end of the movie, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it like the, the way that we defeated him where everybody had to team up and all this yeah. stuff. It was a little bit like cliche superhero team kind of situation right. where it's like everybody has to have the thing. And it, is, it was especially that way whenever it was like Beast broke uh, Cyclops yeah. back out of the wall that he got right. shoved into and then Cyclops rejoined. And so it was, it was like, so, oh, but even so Beast was necessary. So yeah, it was very strange like how all of that kind of came together in the end. And I was like, maybe that was a little... Um, a, a little cliche done. The, the, the thing know, was, but. like, I thought that we kind of reached that point at the end of the last movie, like, where they're like, they need a team. And mm. I know there's they, they, they made a comment on it, like, this time a couple times where it's like, Xavier still has hope. He doesn't want to, like, you know, resort to making the X-Men because he thinks that things can be changed without force. And it's just like, sure, but, like, yeah. this is this is the third time now <laughs> <laughs> where that has not been the case. Right. And so... Well, I think like the first time it was it was uh, they wanted to do the team, so they're like, oh, we're gonna team up, and we're gonna do this, and so they did it, but it, it ended horribly, like it failed badly yeah. uh, at the end of first class, and then so the next movie it made sense to be like, oh, but we don't want to do the team thing because it didn't work last time, and then at the end of that one, you would think it'd be like, okay, so no, the team thing's fine, it worked out this time, we're we're good, um, but yeah, you're right, kind of to be dealing with that again, it was just kind of like a retread, but. Um, that's why like I felt like this one and first class had a lot more in common. Like this almost felt like the sequel to first class and it yeah. almost completely ignores um Days it, of Future it Past. It doesn't just because of like the motivation for Mystique being a hero right. and what reason Magneto has, has gone away like yeah. like that in that, that that sense it doesn't. But yeah, in terms of like the overall feeling it feels a lot more like first class. I thought in terms of characters like Great job with everything. Like, yeah. you know, Magneto, like, you really, like, feel his pain again man. this time around, man. Like, it's just a, he's such a tragic figure, and then he always just ends up on the wrong side of things. Oh, and it's dude. like, I just want to see him, you know, on the right right side of the law, succeed, and actually, and then, like, but on the flip side of that, again, it's like, I guarantee, how many people did he kill oh, whenever, so he, whenever he was destroying the world, and then he just gets away scot-free? <laughs> it's just like, good grief. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, and and... That's the other thing that we didn't see in that destruction. Again, not to not to keep going back to that, harping on it a little bit, but we didn't see anybody like any actual humans uh, die. Like we saw yeah, a lot I mean, of people it's, watching it's it. PG thirteen. You know, I mean, we saw a lot of people like watching it from buildings or whatever, but we didn't see anything like really like where where it was like, oh, we know that those people were gonna get killed. Like where it like, cuts away, like before mm-hmm. somebody gets smashed with a building or something like that. Mm-hmm. But we just see a bunch of empty buildings kind of just flying flying away, and you know. Again, it's just it like you said, it's PG thirteen and whatever. Yeah. You know? I mean, they could have done a better job of like again, just making that all that destruction relatable. That's yeah. just still the same point, really. <laughs> exactly. Um I, I love the fact that Mystique is a hero in this and how they were making her kind of like, you know, the 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 rally point um for this new team. I love the new characters. Um I thought the Quicksilver, uh I still love his character. Um he's witty. He wasn't as witty as last time. And then, like, I feel like, uh, so we had a couple of cool scenes with him last time around. And I feel like they were like, whoa, those work so well. Let's have about 10 of them in this one yeah. and make them twice as long. Yeah. And so I, I just kind of thought that, like, those, the slow motion sequences were kind of just, like, overdone. By the end, overbaked by the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and the first one, whenever it happens, like, that was masterful. Like, the, that was one of the, the, the funnest moments in yeah, the with, movie. When, the, when the, the house is exploding? Yeah. yeah. And, and then I loved the twist at the end of that. Like, the twist where it's like... Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't get everybody Where we, he didn't get everybody, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Because, like, the whole time you're, like, rooting for me. You're like, oh, this is awesome. This is so much fun. And then at yeah. the end you realize all of a sudden that... 
in a crushing thing like, oh, where is where's my brother? And it's yeah. like, oh, well, it, crap. They were saying that Havoc was like closest to the blast. So I think by the time Quicksilver got there, it, he was already engulfed in the, the right. explosion already. So right. And like, it's just, I mean, I guess if you were paying like absolutely close attention, you probably would have noticed. But I right. totally didn't. I was totally like yeah. set in that, uh, you know, with the with the music, you right. know. So cool. I love Nightcrawler. Like, I love all his... I, I've always loved him as a character, but, I, like, I just love, you know, being able to teleport back and forth and all this kind of stuff. Like, the the, the choreography, action choreography with all of that was super, super cool. Very cool. Um, I loved at the beginning whenever Mystique was uh, going into that club or, or fight, underground fight club where um, Nightcrawler was fighting and, you know, she turned into that uh, bouncer guy and yeah. she turned back and, like, yeah. changed her outfit and it was like... Man, Mystique is just so cool. Like whenever we just see them using their, uh, this is my favorite thing about X Men. I think is when we see they're using them using their powers in kind of everyday situations like that. Yeah. Where it's not big huge battles where they're all like you know shooting things and fighting each other. Yeah. It's kind of like these everyday situations whenever they're using their powers to get in and out of sticky situations. Yeah. And speaking of that, like the the sticky situation that they got into with general or I guess it was Colonel Striker at this yeah. point, uh, not quite general yet, and it was. Yeah, anyway. So Colonel Stryker, where we encounter Wolverine in this movie. <laughs> which was um, weird. Which was funny. Like, I, I like halfway through it, I was like, okay, so what really has happened in, in this place that we, like, that is, that is moving the plot forward? And then at the end of it, I was like, only thing that really happened there was we encounter Wolverine. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, for like five minutes. Uh, and he, like, went on a rampage cool rampage don't get me wrong i'm glad we saw logan i'm i'm excited to know that this was how he escaped uh that striker you know yeah. but as a whole i i mean it it was more fan service than it was a plot driver and so for, like for sure, you could literally sure. clip that entire sequence out and nothing's really like I mean, other than uh, people getting a little bit more comfortable with their powers. Yeah. Um, Nightcrawler and Gene uh, and Scott. Yeah, it's like other than other than those three getting a little bit more comfortable with their powers, there really wasn't a reason for that to be there. Yeah. And they got comfortable with their powers even more so later on. So anyway, that, that was the only thing I would say about that because like I. I I liked that sequence just because I like Wolverine a lot. Yeah. But as far as like, what did it do for the movie and what did it do having characters stuck in a prison, just a delaying tactic almost for those characters. It didn't really do a ton. You well, know? And that's the thing. Like they marketed this in the, in the trailers at the end of the, the most recent trailer, like, Oh man, Wolverine's in this movie! Yay! And he's done it for like, like literally five minutes, and like yeah. it doesn't make that much of a difference. Well, I think the, like Hugh the, Jackman did like some some dates on their like uh, press tour and stuff too, and it's just like that seems strange. Like I mean, he's he's like basically makes a cameo in the movie almost, yeah, and a little a little bit more than a cameo because he made a cameo in First Class uh, where they approach him in the bar and stuff, but um, that's more of a strict cameo, but. This was was more than that, but not not enough to like really generate that much of a uh, hype train for him being in the movie. Yeah, the only thing it really does, and I don't know if this is necessarily setting up for like the next Wolverine. So like it mm. it it kind of connects him to Gene in a way that he wasn't before. Mm. I, I didn't mean, even think about that. You know, you think about like the the 
last Wolverine movie, like that was so um, connected to his relationship with Gene. Right. And who knows what they're going to do. And I think maybe like the after credit sequence was probably related to Wolverine, the next movie in some way. Like maybe they're making another Wolverine and cloning him or something. Or I don't know. Because um, they, oh, the, they have his blood, they have his DNA. Yeah, and like they're always trying to trying to do the whole like the, the super soldier thing. Weapon X. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, they are always trying to create something that he can fight, basically. Yeah, and, but so and maybe she'll show up. Maybe this version of Gene will show up in that. That like, would be cool. I don't know, but yeah, I think like that was really the uh, whenever I was thinking about it, I'm like maybe that's maybe that's the reason. Yeah, because honestly, he made a. Um, was it? I think he was a he was a cameo appearance. In, was it First Class or was it Days of Future Past? I mean, he's in Days of Future Past for the whole thing, like because they, they went back in time and right. he did all that stuff. Yeah, they, and they he was met great. him again. It was okay, awesome. So, but okay, so okay, I was talking about Days of Future Past where they show up to come get him and he says "f off," right? And then they oh, walk mean, out of the bar. That was First Class. That's yeah. what I mean. That's yeah, what yeah. I said. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. So like the cameo in First Class, that was a cameo in First Class, and there was a cameo here. If I'm going to choose which which kind of like a cameo I would I liked better, I liked the one in First Class better, even though it was shorter, it was pithier, and it was more Wolverine. Honestly, oh yeah, it was kind of like, and it was uproariously funny. Yeah, and it's like, and at that point. We didn't spend, you know, fifteen minutes of a of a movie. I don't even know how long it was. I keep, I keep, I don't feel like I'm exaggerating or, or underplaying how long this was. It's hard for me to judge how long that sequence was. Uh, I think like five minutes. But it's like that sequence didn't do anything for the plot. Yeah. I mean, and maybe in whenever I'm thinking back about got this their movie, suits, got on that plane. Like whenever I'm thinking about that movie, like the the movie, I'm thinking about like my favorite moments, and I'm thinking about. The character-driven moments uh, throughout the movie, and then this, I guess, is one of those moments, but I feel like it could have been a little bit, maybe even more concise than it was almost, because we jumped back and forth The between, movie in general? No, well, just this se- section of the no. movie especially, because it's like, well, we, went, we kept going back and forth between like, oh, what are we going to do? We're stuck outside. Oh, we're stuck inside. We're talking to Stryker. Then they kind of, like, they went in that circle of events before we even got to where they found Wolverine. Yeah. Um, a couple of times. And well, so it's like, it could have just been a little bit shorter, a little bit more concise, and then still had it in there, and it, and it would have been fine, you know? Well, we talked about pace earlier, and, I mean, before we got to the, like, real action, like, the real action was, like, maybe the last 30 minutes. Oh, there was two hours of this movie before that. That's a good point. And then this was a large portion of what action existed right. beforehand. Because even whenever we had, like, Magneto uh, taking folks out, it was a very uh, small kind of... Sp- you know, very small action moment. Right. Like there wasn't like a big action sequence. Well, this is the thing. Like it was emotional. Like we talked about, yeah. Like it's it's kind of good that like okay, you can watch this movie and all the motivations for everything that happens is in this movie. But like for instance, like Magneto, you didn't need to have another tragedy in his life to understand why he sides with Apocalypse. That's true. But where we left him at the end of uh, Days of Future Past. <sighs> I I I, I but we still also, think that he would have sided with Apocalypse. To I be do honest too. with yeah, you, yeah, I know. Like I would still buy that. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense. But, but you know, so it was the, nice to see though what he's been doing in this amount of time, and it reminds me. So it reminds me of the Wolverine movie where we encounter him first, like out there living with the bear. Right. You know, it remind, and that was one of my favorite moments of that movie. And so this, like, aside with Magneto, reminds me a little bit of that, where it's like, okay, so what are the what what are, are people who are in hiding doing in the in between? You know, what's what's been going on in their lives? Yeah. And so I mean, putting this connection in there, I don't really think that was the goal, though. Definitely. That. 
Like it, it, oh, no. it, it was, it was very specific to his character. It was very specific to like where he was saying, "I've been trying to, I've been trying to live like them, and I couldn't do it, and all that kind of stuff." But like you know, that's one example that I don't think that needed to be as long or drawn out, or maybe necessarily even in there. And then like you look at even Scott's like backstory where he's in the classroom and you see him get his powers and he got the bully and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And then there's so much that revolves around him, and he doesn't even like none of it. None of it kind of like even makes sense in the end. You have everything. I like Moira. And she's a cool character, awesome. but why, yeah. you know he wiped her memory. Why I don't know. And then like you deal with that for a good like section of the movie. Well, I remember him doing that too, like in first class at the end of first class, and you, and it's like it's tragic and it's heartbreaking. But then, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it just seemed like. It's through through some of this we were drawing out that plot line, and it seems like this movie like the biggest critique I, I would have of it is it had a lot going on, and not a lot of focus on one. True, you know where it's like each of these little small things. It's like okay, so in and of themselves they're cool and they're cool fan service moments, but if you were to decrease the amount of them, um, it probably would have increased the impact that each individual one had. Because if you're getting hit with, you know, a left and a right and a left and a right, and it's like it's all over the the place as far as like now there's this character, now there's this character, now there's this character, now you know, it just gets a little bit overwhelming to follow what's going on and to really be invested in what's going on. Yeah. Well even with a Moira like thing I was talking about, like that should have had a lot more emotional payoff at the end. Mm. Like he was giving her her memory back and yeah. she's in love with him and he's in love with her and all this. And they built up to that. Yeah. But because I don't know, like not, everything kind of felt like that where like, okay, we have all these, all the right pieces in here, but none of it lands right. Mm. And none of it kind of has the, the resolution that we needed to have. And again, you know, like you were saying, there's a ton of stuff in there. Yeah. But you know, then compare it to, like we did with Batman versus Superman, compare it to Civil War, where yeah. they had so many characters and they did that so well. Yeah, that they landed everything. I mean, yeah. they, but but they had so many things going on. But there were there were uh, there was subtext there that was helping you along. With subtext the way. that they didn't they didn't have to explain who Ant Man was again. Right. They didn't have to. You know, <laughs> and even if you didn't know, it's like, oh, who cares? He's just this crazy guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, this crazy small guy. And they didn't have to do that, and then they also like they so they all had their individual storylines, but they were all working toward one goal. Mm. Whereas in this, it felt like there's so many different motivations all over the place. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and I think I found that 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 to use the uh, the the J.R.R. Tolkien, it felt like mm. uh, too little butter spread over too much toast. Mm. Interesting. It's kind of how it felt. It's the way to me. Frodo so, felt. Yeah. Or no, wait, no, it was the way Bilbo felt. Bilbo felt, yeah. yes. And it was very, it was very, because so, I mean, all of these emotionally charged situations um, don't add up to something that is super emotionally charged. Like, for example, like, I cry very easily in movies. Mm -hmm. I just do. Didn't cry in this one. No. Like, didn't, didn't really come close. I mean, there were moments where I was like, oh, man, that's heartbreaking. Or, oh, my gosh, they're doing this. And it's like, you know, you, you feel a little bit. You feel things, Chris. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's never to that moment. It was never to that, to that, that effect of, like, crying. Like, I, I cried through most of my first viewing of Star Wars, just in general. But then in mo a lot of, like, pretty much every movie that I've seen this year, even, there's at least been one moment where it's like, oh, man, I'm either close to crying or, like, I'm tearing up, you know, something. So Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think some of that, it's not necessarily, like, it has to be sad, but it has to evoke emotion in some sense. Right. Like the only time whenever I was like, yeah, or like super, super like amped up or um, excited was at the end whenever Gene, Dude. you know, like was destroying Apocalypse. That and was so cool. And like this big, huge like Phoenix appears behind her and you're just like, holy cow. That was it. 
that was the only time I felt anything. And that was... I feel like that makes me sound like a, a, <laughs> a heartless person. But yeah, that's the only about, time I ever felt anything in my life. the only time I ever felt anything. Um, no, dude, that was a, that was an amazing moment. Like speaking of like favorite moments, that was the, like the, the, the biggest achievement of this movie was that. And then in addition to that, we then had to go through every single other character and, and remind you that they're helping too. Right. And like, that was a weird moment where I was just like, okay, I could have hung on this, this Phoenix moment for way longer and like been way, you know, that could have been again, the moment because but then they, we ruin it by cutting to everybody else. Again, so. because they've been building up to that all up all movie. Right. And then they kind of just like let it kind of spoil right. at the end. Well, and then like her story, like I would have liked to see a little bit more of her uh, throughout, like of, of her kind of feeling because there were times whenever she would like be totally confident in her ability to like hide them Mm -hmm. and it's like okay cool she's getting closer to this thing but it's like i wanted to see a little bit more of that uh of 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 that buildup but because we were cutting here and there and and we were like spread so far out through the entire team on Mm -hmm. this movie it was very um very hard to continually follow and and to like see where that that was going and and to, to figure out you know kind of uh basically whenever that happens to feel much, you know, it was like, Oh, I remember she was learning this. Oh, she was really insecure. Uh, when we first met her, you know, and, and all of this stuff. So, kind of. so like, yeah, that was the, I think that was the other thing that landed weird about the end was because you do see her pretty confident from the very beginning. Like she's confident in that she's confident in her, in her ability, but she's very uh, transparent with how, unsure she is of herself right and so she's very confident in what she can do but she doesn't know if she can control it if that makes sense right and so but like throughout the movie all you see her is do do is things that she's confident with so you see her like you know grab her books back off the ground and you see her hide them and all that kind of stuff then all of a sudden whenever professor xavier is in the battle of his life with apocalypse and he's like Help she's kind of tentative yeah. yeah she sits there for three yeah. minutes and she's like come on gene <laughs> stop it <laughs> well see that's the other thing like the perception of time in that situation right. was strange because we were cutting to these other characters well, and, oh, oh, and so yeah, i think there was a al- cut back to her three times right and i think there was okay again i think like that's the, that's the same kind of uh sequence cutting or, or like frame cutting where it's like that we had it's in pacing. Yeah. It was this thing where it's like, we're going in circles here. We've, we've seen these shots before we've seen these things happening before. And, and I'm not sure how much of that was supposed to be happening at the same time as other things, mm-hmm. because there were times where it's like, Oh, I feel like this is, it's been too long almost right. like where it's like, no, that, you know, he would have moved like farther from there to there than in that amount of time or whatever. Well, like um, even earlier in the movie, whenever yeah. like we jumped to, Eric and spend some time with him and his family for a while. Then we jump back to Nightcrawler and Mystique, and mm. and they had just left the club again. He was like, "Yeah, that was like ten minutes." And ago. it's the same issue that I had with a lot of like Batman versus Superman, where it's like, how, like, what, what time frame are we talking about here? Like, how, you know, where, when does any of this happen? And, and like, what, what, what. What is happening here? Like, yeah. what order did this take place in, and, and all that? Like, those types of situations where it's like his stuff felt so disjointed from some of the other stories that were going on. Where mm-hmm. you're like, is this the same day? Is this the same week? Are we even? I don't even know. You know, the perception of time is a little bit off sometimes uh, when right. we cut back and forth across a world. Agreed. Well, I think, and again, I think it's because like they let one story play out incomplete to completion, yeah. and then they jump to the what was happening at the same time. Where it's right. like, 
sometimes that works, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you need to like cut these, like especially in big action sequences like this, cut these things together. Right. You, you'll still be able to piece it together. Let's just have like faith in your audience that they'll be able to make sense of this. Right, right. And I think, you know, overall, uh, the shining moments, like you said, were, were from the actors. Uh, I mean, everybody did an incredible job of portraying these characters. And that's the one thing about the first class uh, side yeah. of this. Like whenever first class started, it was like, okay, so some of the plot can be kind of messy. There's a lot of holes with, between this and what's going on in, in the, uh, in the main line, you know, if you want to call it that the, the other X-Men movies, X one, two and three. Yeah. And then, you know, but the, the best thing about it is these characters and then the, the portrayal of these characters. Mm-hmm. And so that was by far my favorite thing about this. And so the, I did want to mention that Mystique specifically, they kept her out of the Mystique uh, blue kind of makeup mm-hmm. for a lot of the movie because it yeah. takes forever to put it on. And Jennifer Lawrence has been very vocal about she hates doing it. Yeah. Um, I think there was a, a quote that I read where it said something like about eight to 12 hours into this, you know, putting on the makeup mm-hmm. of just, you know, standing there, like, you know, sit leaning against something while they're putting on this, this, uh, this yeah. me- makeup you just hate your life. You know, well, they, it's they, like that just, Oh my gosh. I, I was, I liked that they kept her out of that a lot through the movie. Well, and they cut it down. Uh, there's another reason I'll talk about in a second, but they, they cut down even like the amount of time that she was in, she would have had to have full body makeup on because like they put her in the suit. And so you really only have to do from neck up at That's that right. point. Um, and they cut it down way down for the last movie, like where most of it's not body paint anymore. Most of it's like this, like weird, like, uh, spandex kind of suit that she puts on gotcha. because most of the shots you're not seeing close up shots of her legs or something That's like right. that. Like so, it might as well just be a suit. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's another situation like with Robert Downey Jr. Where like at this point in his contract, he has like he wants FaceTime, like because as an actor, you don't want to just be like covered up. You want people to know it's you. And so yeah, you don't want just your CG kind of like, suit. Think about even um, in Civil War, like they make a big deal about him not having an Iron Man suit at one point, so he's running around. With his glove, you know, that's and right, like, and and so they started to build it into the storylines, but and, and Iron Man three, he gave that's up. Right. He gave up being Iron Man. You know, he didn't have a suit and all that kind of stuff. So it's like they've these like actors have in their contracts, like okay, I want this much of the movie has to be FaceTime, cool. and this much you know can be in the suit or whatever. I like it. It makes a lot of sense because it's you know it's a. It, we're going to hire a great actor and then not show him. Right. Or or make it completely, you know. Unrecognizable. Yeah. And really hard to get into, you know, or or like, I don't know. It's just like, it It seems like a lot of trouble um, to put some, you know, makeup and all this stuff for someone to then go. Like, I mean, if it's an eight to 12 hour day to put on this makeup and then you go and start acting. Yeah. Like, oh, now you're ready. It's like, oh man, that's got to be terrible. And you can't be you know, 100 at your 100% at that point. Right. Like you, you know, you've really got to be, you know, just, just not, not in the mood <laughs> to act. The it's la- just crazy. The last thing I wanted to talk about was the music or last two things. Music. Yeah. Loved it. Really good. Holy cow. Good. Yeah. Like from the, right off the bat was good. Yeah. We had uh Beethoven's seventh in there. Yeah. I, I appreciated that. That was awesome. It yes. came, it came up like way a lot. In the, in like, <laughs> I know. And they even like did like some, uh, some stuff where they played off of it and like used it in, uh, in the, the new music and stuff. And so yeah. I, th- I thought that merging of, uh, of, a, of a classic, 
um, a, a classic symphony was awesome with the rest of the music. And then, like, especially in the beginning sequence, we have the choir and stuff mm, like that, mm-hmm. too. Like, there was mm-hmm. some really cool moments where the music shone. Yeah. And it, I liked that about it. It was very cool. Yeah, for sure. And then the other thing was, I made a comment in the spoiler-free part about the cinematography, and I wish it had been better. Um, I thought there were some really cool-looking shots. For instance, like, whenever Eric destroys the um, um, Auschwitz, and he, you know, it's this top-down thing, and everything's flying past him, and he's yeah. screaming. Like, I just wanted to st- stay on that a little bit longer, maybe pull out a little bit. There was, it was really cool. The same thing whenever Gene was just destroying Apocalypse, like, and there was so that cool. cool blue kind of crushed blacks kind of um, vibe on that that one shot, and it's just like I just like just pull back on it, just stay on this for a second because this is powerful stuff, mm-hmm. and they just didn't. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And I think a part of that, I mean, a lot of that is is Brian Singer's just style. Whenever he like his yeah. directorial style, and it's like a lot of people like uh, the way he directs things. A lot of people like the the storytelling that he goes with, and and you know, I I don't dislike it, mm-hmm. but it's like it, like you said, like there are these times where I'm like, man, that could have been so stunning. Yeah. You know, it could have been just like a a, a take your breath yeah. away shot, and you were so close. But it's just like it just barely misses it for me, and yeah. this, that's all you know, kind of a personal thing. So right. well, um, I kind of felt the same way about First Class and yeah. and and Days of Future Past. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the coolest thing action wise, I, I will say this: like action wise, the coolest thing uh, in in Days of Future Past was the whole like portal situation mm-hmm. that we had going on, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Um, this one, it didn't seem like there was much of like much like really cool innovative action that sort of thing. I, I wanted to mention because I mentioned in that I would talk about it and the post spoiler thing the uh, the, the moment where we have like uh, uh, Cyclops's eyes like where mm-hmm. he's in, in mm-hmm. like the laser battle with uh, yeah. who was that in the laser he was like it was Storm I think yeah so so yeah that's right because there's all this crackling stuff I was like man that was that looks just like whenever like in Harry Potter whenever they're locking uh, yeah. their, their wands and stuff and I'm like I don't know. It just wasn't anything really like completely mind-blowingly original in it as <laughs> right. far as the action goes. Yeah. And like that's not a requirement necessarily, but it is one of those things that I look for where it's like, is this a fun like it, like with we just saw Captain America Civil War. It's like there's lots of cool action things going on in that. And then we just saw Deadpool, and there's lots of really, really cool action stuff going on in that. And so you, you know, you have you have a lot of a lot to live up to in far as an action movie yeah. uh, standards go these days. That so. that one shot, like it was, uh, these I ran through these in my mind when I was watching it. I'm like, yes, that was Harry Potter. Yeah, that was Batman vs Superman. That's right. With uh, Doomsday and Superman. Right. And that was also Civil War. With remember that shot with. Uh, um, Iron Man and Captain America, and he's shooting and he's holding it against the shield. Oh, that's like, right. All all those movies had that basically that same kind of shot in there. That's right. Yeah, that's interesting. And two others were this year. That's why, I, like to me, it it it, it kind of keyed off as like this is that's really unoriginal. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's that it's just it's everybody had the same idea at the same exact time and just <laughs> put it in their movie, you yeah. know. And yeah, I mean it's. I, Everything has been done before, Chris. Right. But it's like, I just, I, I, like I said, the standard is so high these days as far as action goes and as far as this stuff goes. And Days of Future Past hit it. Mm-hmm. Days of Future Past had some really cool, like where you have a portal over there and somebody runs through. And it, obviously we didn't have that particular uh, mutant this time. But it's like, man, 
I feel like you could you could still raise the bar a little bit even yeah. with this. So yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you what I can't wait for that it's going to have some great action in it. Jason Bourne. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> the car chase. Yes. Uh, like every Jason, every Bourne movie has had a amazing car chase. Mm-hmm. I'm just so waiting for that moment. Man, I want to go watch all the Jason Bournes. Oh my gosh, I just marathon them. Oh my yeah. goodness, dude. Yeah. So good. I leave love. I saw uh, on our way in, we saw the poster or whatever. Uh-huh. And it just has like uh, Matt Damon. Uh-huh. And he goes, you know his name is what the poster <laughs> says. And it's like really small lettering at the bottom. It says hashtag born. And I'm, and I'm like, you know his name, Matt Damon. Wait. <laughs> That's not. Uh, it's like Goodwill Hunting. No. That's amazing. <laughs> anyway. Awesome, dude. Well, you ready to rate this thing? I am. Yep. What do you, what do you give it? I'm going to rate it. A uh, seven five, mm. seven point five. Mm-hmm. Um, the character moments put it, you know, put it higher than uh, than it would be otherwise. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna give this a uh, seven point five as well. Nice, unanimous. Mm-hmm. Nice. For it's like first I, time in a while. I almost wanted to give it an eight. Like yeah, but, but I don't know. But it's like there's like as much as we've talked about where it's like there's just the like it's just just misses it. Like it Miss, just it misses gets the close. mark a lot. It's close. Yeah. Really close. Oh, it's like you want, you really want it to be there. You know, it's yeah. like, ah, but yeah, anyway, um, I will say though, I hope there's another one. I know that, I, too. I know that, um, you know, uh, Jennifer Lawrence and, uh, James McAvoy and, uh, Michael Fassbender, yeah, Ma- Michael Fassbender, they're going to be hard to get because yeah. you know, they're, they're in demand. All yeah. three of them just huge. But I think, you know, there was an interview with uh, Jennifer Lawrence that where, where she said something where it's like, I think if we, we've all, us three have talked and I was like, Oh, well, if, if we, we all three want to do it, we might do it again. Mm. If we don't all three want to do it, mm-hmm. then we won't do it again. Yeah. You know, so I really hope there's another one. I really I hope too. that we, uh, we continue on. Cause I think this, this could launch into some cool things. Cause we're officially a team now, Chris. Yeah. We are officially, we can call it an X-Men movie. After, after three movies, we're finally the X-Men. We're finally here. We've arrived. <sighs> and, you know, who knows what we can do now. So yeah. I, I just want to want to see what, what happens next. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do too. That's it for this week. Next week, we'll be reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Is it? I thought yeah, it was it, the 7th. Nope. It comes oh, out next week. Oh, it's the 3rd? Uh-huh. Okay. 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 I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. I'm so stay cool. tuned for that. Hopefully it will be better than the first one. Dude, it's got uh, Stephen Amell, so it's already uh, better than the first one. <laughs> it's already a, that's amazing. It's already a better movie than the first one because Stephen Amell's awesome. <laughs> True. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll have that for you next uh, Friday as well. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at StayOnTargetPod. Please subscribe to us and review us on your podcast service of choice. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. Target.